Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about six things that happened with the UFO crash in Roswell in 1947. That's correct, six things that happened with the UFO crash in Roswell, New Mexico back in 1947. Now, I thought this was an interesting take from the TravelChannel.com. This article is dated March 9th, 2023. The title is Six Things Witnesses Said About the Roswell Incident, written by Beth Braden. Now, I'm going to go ahead and try to put a link up here at the buymeacoffee.com website. You can get there by going to buymeacoffee.com backslash UFO warning capital D. That's buymeacoffee.com backslash UFO warning D. Now, the article begins by telling us that on July 7th, 1947, uh, Mac Brazel drove into Roswell to deliver a pile of debris to the sheriff. It says Brazel's son Vernon had found a wreckage of some kind on the remote New Mexico ranch. It consisted of rubber, metal, stick, and tinfoil. Well, that's how they described it. We don't actually know what it consisted of because we don't have any samples of it. The sheriff was confounded and contacted officials at the Roswell Army Airfield. A story about the wreckage read in the Roswell Daily Record with a quote from a U.S. Army official declaring that a flying saucer had been recovered. Now, of course, that's 75 years ago, and as she says in this article, there's no denying the testimony of the people that saw the pieces of this wreckage. Well, that's the main reason why the government hasn't been able to cover this up, because the people that were there, the, the eyewitnesses, have just stuck by their stories for all these years, the ones that are still left anyway. She says, here are six things we know about Roswell. Reported UFO sightings were up. In the six months prior to the Roswell incident, there had been hundreds of UFO sightings reported in the U.S. in the western U.S. Some ufologists believe that the uptick in sightings was due to extraterrestrials on a scouting mission before attempting to make contact. A lot of other folks think that the reason there was so much UFO activity was because there was so much atomic bomb testing activity. There was a lot of stuff going on, and I would have to look my numbers up, but I think it was around this time, that, or maybe just before, just after this time, that the hydrogen bomb was first um, invented and tested. But that aside, there was lots and lots of atomic testing going on, and not even that far from this area. This would have sent a signature far out into space, and if we did have extra interdimensional, extra-dimensional, extraterrestrial, whatever kind of entities that were interested in what was going on on Earth, that would have certainly got their attention. The second thing it says is the official story changed several times. Well, initial, initial newspaper reports quoted an Army officer as saying there was a UFO recovered from the desert. The government amended its story to say that the recovered object was actually just a weather balloon. Decades later, 1994, the story changed again. The UFO was determined to be a spy balloon. And then I think they even changed it again after that to say that they were testing uh, these crash test dummies, and that's where the bodies came from. The way that they tried to uh, reply to what people saw actually made them look dumber and more dishonest than what they would have if they would have just not said anything. I think the federal government would have been far better off just to have ignored this thing than to have tried to respond to it with all these stories that are clearly just made up. It says there was something weird about the UFO's material. The rancher who found the debris and U.S. Air Force Major Jesse Marcel recalled that the metal from the crash site was lightweight 
It couldn't be dented. Not even a sledgehammer warped the material. It always returned to its original shape. Additionally, an I-beam with unfamiliar writing on it was removed from the scene of the crash. A couple things. I think this is often referred to as memory metal. Of course, we don't have anything like that even the day that, I mean, we have metals and materials that can keep their memory somewhat, but to be able to hit something with a hammer or a sledgehammer and have it spring right back into shape, uh, I certainly don't know of anything like that. And, and another thing was with this I-beam, this with this strange, and I think it was often described as hieroglyphic writing on it. This doesn't sound like a weather balloon or a spy balloon or a balloon that was used to carry uh, crash test dummies to altitude to me. This sounds like something that came off of a craft, as in a spacecraft. It says there were two crash sites. And says some people forget this a lot. There wasn't just one crash site. There were two crash sites. There was a second crash site 40 miles away from Brazel's Ranch where more wreckage and alien bodies were recovered. A firefighter who responded to the second site recalled seeing a large disc in the ground with several small, non-human bodies nearby. Military officials on the scene pressured the firefighter to keep quiet about the things he saw. Now this is 1947, just a couple years after uh, World War II had finished up. People were used to being sworn to secrecy. They were used to being, you know, uh, the old phrase, uh, loose lips sink ships. The whole country had been militarized, and people knew that they couldn't talk about certain things. So it would have been it would have been not that difficult for the government to shut these people up at least for a few years until they felt comfortable talking about it. The second thing I think is important to point out here is the fact that there were two crash sites. I mean, this thing just sounds like parallel narrative fertile soil to me. So you have these two crashes. It's so easy for the government to come in and start mixing and maxing, mixing and matching details to the point where people don't know what the truth is. And we see this happen over and over again, even just recently with these UFO shootdowns that we had in uh, Alaska and the Yukon. Pretty soon everything gets mixed up. You have different uh, departments talking about it. In that case, you had the U.S. and Canada talking about it. Very easy to mix up the facts to the point where the government can just say, oh, it was a weather balloon. Kind of like what happened here. Two distinct crashes. It looks like two sets of bodies, at least. Uh, all this material, but because because of the confusion that uh, grew up around this whole situation, the government's able to come in and very easily develop their own narrative that takes people off of the path of truth, discovering the UFOs. It says the firefighter wasn't the only witness to the bodies. Sergeant Melvin Brown was on site during the mission to recover the debris from the crash site. He was told not to look under a tarp, but his curiosity got the best of him. When he peeked, he claimed he saw two alien bodies. The government has always denied this claim, but Brown is far from the only person to say they saw extraterrestrial beings from Roswell. Well, you know this is true because we've got reports of a nurse talking about it, about a funeral director possibly being involved, and I think even a pastor. So multiple people saw these alien bodies. Okay, The, the news was around town, and no matter what the government wants to do, no matter how badly they wanted to deny this, these witnesses have already gone on record and told us, yes, we saw these alien bodies. Now it says the government can keep secrets. The incident at Roswell was less than two years after the atomic bombs were dropped on Japan in 1945. Those bombs were the result of a three-year project operating at three sites, 
one of which was in New Mexico across was in New Mexico across America. Roswell incident researchers and ufologists believe that if the government could hide the entire atomic bomb for so long that it could absolutely conceal vital information about contact with extraterrestrial life. The military's acknowledgments of UFOs in 2021 has bolstered some people's belief that aliens are trying to contact us. Well, certainly, this atomic bomb program, I mean, went all the way from, I believe, the Tennessee Valley Authority, where they had to build this giant dam to produce the energy they needed to, you know, get the first plutonium ready to arm the atomic bomb. The testing sites out in New Mexico, uh, what Nevada, wherever, and all of the places in between, Corpent, I believe, Washington State, they had facilities there. So this was a nationwide project, and they kept that thing secret until they incinerated Nagasaki in Japan. So yes, the government can keep secrets. They can go to great lengths to keep secrets. And I have no reason to believe that they wouldn't want to keep it secret if there were two crashed uh, alien spacecraft with bodies involved in New Mexico in 1947. Now, I want to look at this one other article talking about just what happened there over 70 years ago. Now, this next article comes to us from cbsnews.com, dated July 1st, 2022. Title says, Recently uncovered 1947 headline from long-defunct newspaper offers amazing glimpse at UFO incident in Roswell. I found this fascinating because it tells us what the newspapers were saying, what people were saying, exactly at the time that this Roswell UFO crash, or these two, rather, Roswell UFO crashes occurred. It says, the Roswell incident has been one of the most thoroughly researched and debated mysteries in the history of the UFO phenomena and among the most enduring. This month, Roswell will mark the 75th anniversary of the alleged 1947 UFO crash with a debate over what occurred far from settled. That hasn't that hasn't been for a lack of digging. For decades now, journalists, authors, documentary film crews, and others fascinated by the incident have unearthed and publicized countless bits of information and artifacts of that time. Along the way, they've brought attention to many pieces of Roswell history, such as the July 1947 front pages of the Roswell Daily Record that recorded initial reports of the incident, along with a follow-up version of events presented by the military that some now view as one of history's greatest cover-ups. So you, here you have it. You've got the newspaper. They're, they're, they report the news at first, what they see, what, what, what eyewitnesses are coming in and telling them. And then the very next day, they're reporting what the U.S. government tells them to report. They're getting that parallel narrative started immediately. It says the intensity of focus placed on the Roswell incident for three quarters of a century has led some to posit that most contemporaneous records have already been scrutinized, but one piece of local history recently uncovered provides an interesting companion to those iconic 1947 headlines the public has become familiar with, while adding yet more pages to a still-growing historical record. The Roswell Morning Dispatch, a long-defunct sister newspaper of the Roswell Daily Record, was published in the mornings from 1928 to 1950. The Dispatch covered the news of the day, and as such, it carried accounts in July 1947 of the unfolding events related to the alleged recovery of a crashed flying disc outside Roswell, along with the military's explanations for what had occurred. 
Its historical headlines were discovered among archival editions of the newspaper, the Daily Record reported. So everybody was calling it a disc. Nobody was calling it a balloon. Of the interest to UFO research enthusiasts, the July 19th, the July 9th, rather, 1947 headline in the Morning Dispatch read, quote, Army debunks Roswell flying disc as world simmers with excitement. So there you have it, the appeal to authority. Clear back in 1947, starting off that parallel narrative with an appeal to authority to just completely turn their backs on, to turn everybody off on the notion of what these people saw, to turn them away from the truth, to turn them toward whatever the deep state's telling them. It says, it was followed with a subheading bearing a familiar assertion that would help fuel accusations of a cover-up. The paper said, Officers say disc is a weather balloon. Now, why are they calling it a disc for? You just you're just telling me that you've debunked the whole notion that this thing was a flying saucer. Why why are you referring to it as a disc? How many weather balloons do we see shaped like disc? We know we had a whole dissertation on weather balloons a couple weeks ago from the federal government. We saw these, you know, 100 foot, 200 foot, 300 tall uh, translucent balloons filled with gas or whatever. Uh, usually would have some sort of uh, electronic equipment hanging from them. They're not disc-shaped. They're balloon-shaped. Yet the newspaper says, officers say, disc is a weather balloon. Now believe me, I think we can be certain that the newspaper was reporting exactly what the military was telling them to report word for word. They got on board right away with the debunking. They got on board right away with the parallel narrative. It says a sidebar describes then-Sheriff George Wilcox fielding calls from media around the world as journalists sought information on what would come to be known as the Roswell Incident. Then it says here, it says, Nick Pope, who investigated UFOs for the UK Ministry of Defense, said, discovery of the old headlines holds significance for researchers and others interested in the phenomena. Quote, it's a fascinating piece of history that time had forgotten, Pope said. It just shows that 75 years after the Roswell incident, there are still discoveries to be made in the archives. He added, any historian will tell you that going back to the original sources is priceless when it comes to getting an insight into what happened and how those people involved were reacting and perceiving things and what the feeling was in the local community. This is just an amazing glimpse into Roswell 1947, which was ground zero for this mystery that still endures today. Well, what did the paper say? The Army's debunking the disc. Oh, this disc was a weather balloon. To me, it shows us that there were enough eyewitnesses and that the evidence was so uh, in your face that everybody knew that they were talking about a disc. And it looks like two discs, actually, that crashed. That's why the military didn't even bother denying that it was a disc. They just said, well, it's a, it's a weather balloon shaped like a disc, is what they're implying. I, I, I just see a very fumbled attempt here at trying to cover up the truth. It goes on, the article says, Barbara Beck, publisher of the Roswell Daily Record, said that bringing a new resource to light for the researcher is something the paper staff is excited about. It has taken about 70 years for the Roswell Morning Dispatch with its unique articles and headlines to be discovered while looking through our newspaper archives, she said. The dispatch was originally owned by my family, and it's very exciting that we now have a new primary resource to further understand the history 
of New Mexico and its undiscovered stories. The Roswell Daily Record headline related to the 1947 UFO incident have been federally trademarked, blah, 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 and then it just kind of finishes up from there. But I just... Well, another quote from Pope. It says, Pope, who will travel to Roswell in July to participate in Daily Records Roswell Incident Event, part of the City's UFO Festival, said he hopes discovery of the old dispatch headlines remind people that historical records could still be out there. Well, this is true. And then it has some pictures here of the area. Very interesting. But, you know, like I said, just going back to this headline, Army debunks Roswell flying disc as world simmers with excitement. And then the subheadline: Officers say disc is a weather balloon. Officers say disc is a weather balloon. Just, I mean, think about that. They're, they weren't even denying that it was a disc. Officers say disc is a weather balloon. Why wouldn't they have just said, well, what they thought was a disc was simply the wreckage of a weather balloon? And, and we talked about it earlier about you know the materials that were found, the list of materials that were that were turned in, uh, this beam that went across one of the crafts with the what looked like hieroglyphic uh, writing on it. This doesn't sound like things from a weather balloon. The eyewitness accounts that uh, a disc was was uh, protruding up out of the sound and that there were bodies that were slung about this disc from where it crashed at. It looked like, like a plane crash almost. I mean, it hit the ground at high speed, it impacted into the soil, and when uh, the occupants either were thrown from the craft or when they tried to uh, leave the craft, they were um, most of them were terminally injured. They couldn't escape. So what we have is clear descriptions of an aircraft crashing into the desert, described as a disc-shaped object in both cases. And then we have the U.S. military coming along and saying, Army debunks Roswell flying disc, and then says, officer says, disc is a weather balloon. Well, why would you even call it a disc for? Why wouldn't you just say what they thought they saw wasn't a UFO, it was a weather balloon, instead of referring to it as a disc? To me, it's just clear as a bell. The, the, there were so many witnesses, the evidence was so overwhelming that a, that a flying disc, a UFO, had crashed in the desert. That they couldn't even bother to deny that. They, I mean, you're looking at this disc, and they're telling you that it's not a UFO, that it's a weather balloon. Of course, people back home would be happy to take that as a gospel, because a lot of people didn't want to face up to the reality of there possibly being this UFO presence uh, you know, on planet Earth. It finishes up, it says... <clears throat> The number of reported encounters with UAPs has exploded in recent years as the military has encouraged pilots to document their expenses, experiences. Yeah, that's kind of a, this is the, the last couple paragraphs here is a little bit of a uh, an add-on that I see just kind of tacked on to all these articles. talks about the DNI uh, with, with the new UFO reporting stuff, and then it says the Pentagon is working to identify UAPs, blah, blah, blah. So... Pretty much all of these uh, UFO articles, no matter what you read, they'll tell you something about the story. You have to really have to parse out the facts. And then toward the end of the story, uh, they'll do three or four paragraphs on the fact that the Congress is investigating the UFOs, that they're budgeting money to the Pentagon to find out what these things are, uh, go back to sleep. That's basically what that is. Uh, that's what's called a limited hangout. They're opening, they're, they're, they're putting it out there that, well, maybe there's a long shot chance these things are real. Uh, but 
but don't worry about it. We've got it under control. We're working on it. When the real story here is, is that clear back in 1947, people described Christ's disc. The U.S. military doesn't even deny that it's a Christ's disc. They just tell you that, oh, that disc is a weather balloon. That's the real story here. You saw what you saw, but you didn't see what you saw. So even in the face of overwhelming evidence, where you have solid witnesses that, like law enforcement, the military doesn't say, well, we don't know what it is. They go ahead, they create a parallel narrative. In this case, it's a weather balloon. They don't say you didn't see a disc. They can't really say that because you have too many reliable witnesses. Firemen, sheriffs, uh, local people in the community, like the funeral director, the pastor, whoever it was, that saw these things. They can't, they can't debunk those people because those people have a 50-year history in this community, okay? 60-year history. They can't debunk them. They are reliable witnesses. They're the kind of people that you would put on a jury, and that jury would have the power of life and death over somebody who was accused of murder. So these are solid witnesses. They can't be debunked, okay? But what they can do is say, well, yes, you did see a disc-shaped object, but that disc-shaped object wasn't a UFO. That was just a really unusual-looking weather balloon. And that's exactly what they did. That's exactly what they did in 1947, and that's exactly what they did last month when they shot those two UFOs down over Alaska and Yukon. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.